Welcome to Love My Sheep. We are concluding this season of sermons in season seven in this episode. This was possibly my dad's last sermon preached amazingly just seven months, almost to the day prior to his passing. This was preached on August 16th, 2015. And he passed away seven months later on March 17th, 2016. I was originally going to elaborate more on this sermon, but don't feel led of the Lord to do that at this time or on this platform. I may do another season of sermons, should the Lord direct and permit that season. However, It is time to conclude this season. And I'm also really excited about season eight, which Lord willing will premiere next month. But for now, let's proceed to this sermon that I am so grateful to have a recording of, as it is my dad, Jacob Thomas's perfect parting words for the church in a sermon titled, What is Church? May the Lord minister to you as you listen. Thank the Lord that I'm able to stand before you with the word this morning. This is something I personally wanted to do. You know, I was physically getting weaker and weaker and I used to question myself and uh, wonder what is all this? Where where am I going to uh, or how am I going to finish my life? Is it going to be sleeping all day and night in bed and doing nothing? And you know This has been my church for 23 plus years. And uh, I've enjoyed every minute of being associated with this ministry and a part of this. And lately in my mind, a thought was popping up all the time. What is church? And lo and behold, last Sunday morning when Pastor Becher got up, he asked the same and he read a very important verse, Matthew 16 and 16. The church, what is church? I'm not able to say what church is in a, uh, half an hour time, but you will learn what is church when you leave for the Lord. And it's very, very important, you know. When people think about church, they think about Logos Christian Family Church or some other church somewhere, you know, where we came from, where we were used to. Uh, Many portraits of church 
comes to our mind. But these are all microcosm of the church. Church is the church universal, what we call the holy Catholic church. That doesn't mean Roman Catholic church. The holy and apostolic church, church universal. That's what the church is. That church is invisible. We are members of the church the day we were born again. In Psalm 87, we read the Lord recorded the names of the people in the church registry. The Lord himself, it is so precious to him. The church registry where your name is written. So it is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take a, a class on church, but I'm just trying to encourage you to uh, be proud, encourage you to know who you are, and go home happily with your head raised. I am the member of the church universal. We are always proud of our achievement in the past. For last, you know, we have birthdays. We live in space and time. We like to think everything, everything in terms of space and time. We have calendars, we have many ways to number our days. But when it comes to our God, eternity, there is no calendar there. It's from eternity to eternity. The church universal has been in the heart of God before he laid foundation of the earth. You know, there used to be a thing called doxology in church, especially in Pentecostal church. Every now and then, you know, the preacher or uh, someone from the assembly comes up with a doxology. Not necessarily what is doxology, you know. Doxology is giving praise to God. Blessing and honor and glory belong to you, we sing that is a doxology. A Christian in his life or her life should have times of doxology. A time when your heart springs up with joy. You cannot hold it anymore. And like uh, uh, Saint Paul, when he writes to Romans a big, very important theological thesis, he comes to 1133 and he says, oh, the depth of the riches of the glory 
of both of his wisdom and knowledge oh the depth of the wisdom of god we know in modern days we when we think about god we think about love love which is good and has its place but wisdom of god god loves us in his wisdom he keeps us in his wisdom as the divine wisdom as james says in chapter 3 verse 17 the wisdom from above is pure is unselfish whereas the wisdom of this world is selfish is seeking self seeking self glory seeking what i can get out of it but the wisdom of god and as i come to church on sunday morning my heart my heart wanders the wisdom of god that a mortal man like me a disabled man can come to the place of worship and worship this immortal invisible all loving all powerful god at the wisdom of god how he has chosen you to be a worshipper of this living god so i wasn't sure what scripture i was going to read because i had so many and my health didn't permit me to make a note but so many things are on my mind when it comes to the church but i like to read a psalm short one only seven verses his found psalm 87 His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. I'll make mention of Rehob and Babylon to those who know me. Behold, O Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia. this one was born there and of zion it will be said this one and that one were born in her and the most high himself shall establish her the lord will record when he registers the people this one was born there i'll stop there just one more verse 
This is what a church is. I don't know if you listen to this. I'll make mention of Rahab. Rahab means Egypt. It's another name for Egypt. If you have a Bible with margin, you will see in your margin, Rahab means Egypt. I'll make mention of Egypt and Babylon. Egypt is the place where the children of God were held slaves. And Babylon is the place where they were held slaves in their period of exile. Both were masters of the chosen people of God. But now it says they'll be worshipping with the children of God. That's what the church is. The people who wanted to hurt you, the people who wanted to be your enemies, Babylon and Egypt. And not only that, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia. The Philistines were the enemies of God. But the gospel made the Philistines to, or rather the word of God made the, change the Philistines to Palestine. And Tyre was a commercial people. You know what merchants do. They try to squeeze the people. But they are members of the church now. And Ethiopia, son of Ham, far from the land. They will all come to the holy mountain. The church in the Old Testament is a holy mountain, the holy city. Jerusalem, the city. The difference between a city and a country or a village is what? A city is made by man. A city has a maker. A city has a planner, a designer, and a city is the idea of an architect, or many of them together. And they plan the city. City of Mississauga. If you live in a high-rise apartment, look down and see what a beautiful city it is. What man can do, make a city. And not only that, he has to maintain the sewage and many other things, repairs the road and things are getting old. So, you know, we have seen that on Dixie until recently. 
waterline broken, they have to maintain. That's what your city is. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer says, we have come to the city of Jerusalem, the beauty of, beautiful city of Zion, not unto Sinai, but unto Zion. We have come to this living city, beautiful in elevation, the seat of the government of God. That's what the church is. So the church never came up on his own. It was planned by God, it was founded by God, and it was originated by God, and God is maintaining it. I know many times we wonder when my children grow up, will there be a church? I know when I was a child, the church was different. Things are changing. That doesn't mean the owner of this building, the owner of this church hasn't changed. He who sits in the heaven laughs. Why do you heathen, why do the heathens rage? Why do my people worry? I am in control. I have made it and I am the governor of it. I rule over it. I reign over it. It is in my hand. I will make sure this church will stay until Jesus comes back. You know, this is nothing new. In the Old Testament times, I like to go back to Numbers, Numbers 24. You remember the story? Prophet Balaam was told to go and curse the people of God. Balak promised him a lot of money, house full of silver and gold. All you have to do is go up to the mountain, look at these children of Israel, and curse them. First he said no, but then he thought, that's a lot of money. Why not try? He did, but I'm not going to go into that. But I want to see, I read a few verses from there. Chapter 23, verse 21. A verse that comfort me very much. God told these false prophets. 23, 21 of Numbers. 
he has not observed he has not seen iniquity in jacob god hasn't seen iniquity in jacob i can see i can number hundreds of iniquities in the life of jacob all the things that he did i wouldn't do it in my life iniquities unlawful things crookedness getting things done in his own way but the lord says what jacob my son who my loved he has not done any iniquities child of god don't find iniquity in your brother or sister and if you go to god and tell him this is what i find in my sister or brother lord deal with him or her the lord will say what i haven't seen it if you're talking about jacob thomas i know <laughs> i look at him and all i see is the blood of jesus christ is covered in the blood yes no iniquity he may be a wicked man in your sight but i find no iniquity in jacob nor has he seen any wickedness in israel the lord is god is with him the media is looking for anything that they can get for a news about the church people are looking for something to talk about the lord says i don't see it and what does he say as he go on in a, you know many times balaam prophesied at least four times and then he look at it and say in chapter 24 verse 17 i see him but not now i behold him but not near a star shall come out of jacob 
I see Jacob now, but not now. That's what he tells about all of us. I see you. I know you, you fell in this or fell in that. But I see far off. I know when Jesus comes Your mortal body will put on immortality. Your corrupted body shall become incorruptible. Your sin will be turned to righteousness. All your weakness and sickness will be no more. You will be like Jesus. How can you find fault with the church? The star of Jacob will appear. All the sin and all the other undesirable thing in us will be removed forever. You are made to live with Jesus in the holy city. You know, Belayam, this false prophet, really wanted to curse the, curse the people of God. And Balak, King of Moab took him to the top of a hill many times, three or four times. And William looked down to the valley. That's the picture of you. When the enemy looks down at the valley at you, what Belém saw was, if you remember the story, the tall tribes living, a people who live in isolation. They're not counted with other nations. They live in beautiful tents. Even though it is tents they live in, they are so beautiful. They are all so aligned. When he looks from the top of the hill, he sees this beautiful, 
arrangement of tents. You know, where I live, I can look down at the celebration square and see all those tents. Some tents are so beautiful. I think about Israelites living in tents. Even though they live in tents, everyone has a banner. How, how beautiful it can be. You know, you, you know when you see all these flags flying. I love to see the flag flying. I, I see every time I look out the window, the Canadian flag flying. That's my wind indicator. But it's so beautiful. You know, church, you're beautiful. Your flag is flying high. The banner over you is the love of God that can never fail. When the enemy looks at you, he gets scared. But be a people who live in isolation. Do not try to be counted with the other nations. You lose your beauty. You lose your charm. You lose your peculiar nature. You lose your priesthood. That's where we got to be careful. The rest of the things the Holy Spirit will take care of. You know, the very word church, in English we say church, Scotland, they say Kirk. It comes from the word, Greek word, kurios. Kurios means the Lord. The church is the Lord. The words Pastor Betcher read last Sunday morning was Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. You got the right thing. I am the Messiah. Upon this rock, I will build my church. This church is not your church. This church is the Lord's church. But only on one condition. Peter had to say, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's all you got to admit. You are the God-man. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. The church is built on that principle the Lord, the Messiah.
in traditional churches. When I was growing up, we used to say in, on Sunday morning, worship, Messiah. O Lord, Messiah, have mercy upon us. Messiah, Son of God, Son of Man. And on that principle, he builds the church. So when we live in our private life, may we think, or may we realize, may we recognize that this church is built upon the principle that Jesus is God and he is fully man and we have a man in heaven now which is the Jesus the man who went up to heaven and he will come again and will take us by the hand. And as we read in Hebrews again, he will tell the Father, Father, here are the sons you gave me. The Bible doesn't say daughters, but daughters are there. I don't want to be politically correct, be scripturally correct. Oh, these are the sons whom you have given me. One of these days, sister, brother, your Lord and Master, the owner of your soul, will take you by the hand stand before the Father and say, Father, here he is. I kept him by the Holy Spirit. He has overcome like I have. Take him. In our human language, there will be a banquet. I don't know what that will be. I imagine it is much more than eating and drinking. I wish I cannot eat. It will be much more than that. It's the spiritual feast. You know, like I said, I have so many things that I better stop, otherwise I'll keep going. You know, we have a problem, or I have a problem, and that because I have, I think everybody is like me. <laughs> Not necessarily, but that's what I think. You know, I see everything in space and time, right here and now. When I get sick, 
I'm tired of it, so I, I don't do it. You know, that's an exception with me now. When I get sick, the natural tendency is to go to the doctor, as if he knows everything. What do I want? I want to live in this world a few more days. And what do I sing in the church? I'm marching to Zion, the beautiful Zion. And when I get sick, no, I don't want to march to Zion. <laughs> Let me be here in Babylon. That's my problem. See, what is real is what we don't see. What we see is not real. It passes away. What we don't see is real and eternal. That's why when God called Abraham, Abraham had this problem. He was an idol maker, so he, he has an idea how his God should look like. So God told him, afterward to Moses, it's the same thing he has told Abraham, I presume. You shall not make any image. Don't imagine how I look like. You cannot draw a picture of mine. You can draw a portrait. That portrait will be what you think I am. And somebody will have another portrait of what he thinks he, his God is. So let's, let's not be concerned about that. Just trust him. And coming back to the team. Go home. And be proud that you are a member of this invisible church. And the Lord of the universe is the owner of your church. And he has a purpose. And he is taking you to the eternal city of Zion. That's his purpose. But in a moment, you have blemishes that others see, but your Lord doesn't see it. So before I close, I want you to take a moment and think what do you think about your church? 
Paul taught the Ephesian elders. Take care of the church. Who is bought by the precious blood of Jesus. It's not only for pastors. For every one of us. Be a responsible member in your family. Take care of your brothers and sisters. Do not be a hindrance. Be a blessing. All the false prophets who want to curse the church were disappointed and will be disappointed if they try again. It's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. That's what the Lord is doing. Not easy to remove the spot, the stain. Sometimes it takes hard rubbing and scrubbing, but he will, because he has to present us before the Holy Father. Help us, Lord. So I don't know if Pastor wants to. I think I'll leave it to you. <laughs> okay. May God bless you. And like I said, be proud that you are a member of the Invisible Church of Thank you for joining us. Until next time, know that I love you and the Lord loves you the most.